Let's go. All right, we're rocking. So welcome on, dude. So my good friend, uh, Trey Collins. Trey, someone that I've played uh, uh, soccer with at Florida Tech. I've known him for quite a while. He's gotten me into my uh, surfing phase for sure. So he's definitely the inspiration behind that. Um, so Trey's a soccer player, surfer, grown up Melbourne Beach, and kind of importantly for this podcast as well, the kind of founder and owner of GBET, a apparel and uh, training company that he started kind of out of his back room and stuff like that. So <laughs> uh, kind of curious to start off with that, dude. Like I know that started when we were putting the tech, like I was there for the beginning of that when you were just giving out shirts to people, but now it's like, it's really blown up. It's come a long way since then. So I'd love to hear about like the, the inception of it and maybe the journey to where you are now, dude. Dude, well, first, thanks, man. I, um, you know, when I, I, when I think about like, when I think about it, like at, at the beginning, before all the brand and everything, it was really something that we were saying to at training, you know, in groups mm. of soccer players. Um, and it was something that at the beginning, you know, if I guess I've got to really rewind it back to when we were at tech, um, it was actually just before I was at tech when things, when things started with GVET. Um, it was when I had decided that I was going to tech and most of the time, um, I, I, I say most of the time, um, I really had this transition in my life where like my eating and most of the time, that time it was just making sure I was eating enough and mm. lifting at Southwest gym at UF. So that was where I was channeling a lot of this energy. And I was, I had written on my whiteboard, get better every day. So uh, it was okay. something that I was, it, there was no G bet at this original time. It was, it was just this. And it was something simple. Wow. I kind of look at it and be like, all right, let's, let's send it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and there was a time where I actually, I, I will give uh, my girlfriend Lauren props. There was a time where I, texted her like going to the gym get better every day and she responded with gbet and i was like whoa okay so at that time i was like 22 i changed it on my whiteboard in my in my apartment in um in gainesville we changed it to gbet and then my roommates and i were saying it like saying it to each other like yeah yeah gbet yeah, gbet yeah. gbet and so at that time like i when i would come home between uh when I would come home between uh, like breaks in school, um, I had some players that I was training and I was like, all right, well, it was a simple message and it was something that I could kind of wrap the session with like, yo, G-Bed, G-Bed, like, let's keep working. Like, let's focus on us getting better, not the competition, more like the, the I versus I type mm. thing, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. can we build on that in weeks? Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, it was something that got a little bit of momentum in a sense of the, the kids were saying it, but this wasn't a brand or anything like that at that time. Um, but then my senior year at UF, um, I kind of thought like, okay, well, if there's a way that like this could, could build something that could be a message that's bigger than, than just me, bigger than just like Trey Collins training, but something that could be, you know, uh, build bigger than me as an individual and also be something that people could like relate to in a sense. Um, yep. And so started working on like logos uh, and came up with this graphic. Um, and at that point, man, I remember just printing, like it seemed, it was a big investment at the time. It was maybe like a thousand bucks worth of shirts. Oh wow. These, these cool. bright yellow and these bright black shirts um, and just printed a bunch of them. Uh, I didn't print them personally. I just used the company, just printed them. 
and mainly gave them to the kids I was training and yeah. like some of my friends who, who already had, uh, you know, had, had known of what G better. We were saying it. I mean, also, so now that I'm saying this, I got to give my boy Danny Barrios some props because <laughs> we had these rubber bands. All of us had rubber bands that I had written G bet on. Before and these, you're in like. before those, they were rubber bands <laughs> with pen on them, and it said G bet on them. And like some of us had them, and he still brings that up. He's like, "Bro, you need to make some OG like G bet bands before there was." You do it like anything. your handwriting, like you could yes, print it, handwriting. That's sick. Cause yeah, I love, so like, I realized we even jumped ahead of what GBED is to begin with. So yeah, GBED stands for like get better every day. And so yeah, that message and stuff like that's definitely something that's I've loved and attracted to. Like, since you gave me, like, you've got these like basically black, like live strong bracelets that have like the GBED and stuff like that. And dude, these are my favorite things in the world. Like I wear the, I wear the shirts and stuff like that all the time. But yeah, I, lo- I literally never take this off. I've given this to. Bro, this I, one of my I appreciate, like dude. I appreciate you. I, I've told you this obviously, but I appreciate you, uh, like living the message. You know, that's so much bigger to me than like ever being a shirt salesman. Like, no, yeah, that's not what I want to be with it. It's like I wanted to be something that's like inspirational to people. You know, and and I feel like it became a message that was simple enough for us to try to like relate to. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like let's give effort today. Let's give effort today. Almost like simplifying it in that sense. And if we can do that for months consecutively, we're going to get better. Like, <laughs> yeah. And well, like that was one thing that like, I guess attracted me or like that I liked to it the most was that it was about the, like the messaging and stuff like that. And then like you said, the, the internal battle, like the I versus I, like it's interesting because like clothing brands and stuff like that, like homemade ones, it seems like they're kind of dime a dozen now. Like everyone's got their own different brand and stuff like that that they're trying to push. And like mm-hmm. they've got a site and they maybe got like 10 shirt sales and stuff like that. But yours is like, I mean, GBED's legitimately blown up. Like correct me if I'm wrong, but like you were making jerseys for like JU and Florida Gulf Coast, right? Like these are like division one programs. <laughs> like there's, and it's, you can't go to Melbourne like without seeing GBED like everywhere. <laughs> Oh, like, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's, well, thank you, I'm dude. sure it's a little like surreal for you, like that it's become as big as it was from where it started. But like, why do you think it's gotten so, gotten so crazy? I, I don't know, man. I, 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 some days it is a little weird. Like I'll, I'm, I'm in it and working a lot. And then like, I'll kind of like zoom out and be like, yeah, well, like, you know, I, there are people who are, are, like I, I'm hearing that they're inspired by the message who don't know me and don't know Melbourne yeah. Beach and don't know any yeah, of that. Like and that would be like end, people that know you. Yeah. That would be like end goal for me. You know, so like personally, list like hearing that is one of the most motivational things that I really have to use as energy to get better myself. Right. Like mm. a lot of where I want this brand to go is I'm not selling people on anything, not at all. Like I'm living my life trying to refine and get better at my crafts and get better at things at the level that I'm at. Not, not the best at everything. Absolutely not. And then by being just humble about like, this is the levels that I'm at and these things that I, that I want to get better at, but I'm going to devote a lot of time and attention to getting better at these crafts. That being what is going to inspire people. Um, if they observe you bet as a whole, not, not like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit of a ramble there, but hopefully that's no, but it makes sense. Like it's <laughs> it's almost like you've built in your own like accountability almost that you have this brand that's all about that like that one percent improvement and stuff like that. Ooh, and that yeah, progress. and so it's like that's something that's is obviously a big 
driving force and motivation for you and something that you believe in is that trying to push and that trying to get better. But now that it's also like, it's also this big brand and you're known as like the G bed guy. It's almost that little <laughs> bit of like accountability, that motivation, like every now and then when you're like, Oh man, like, G-bed I'm, guy. I'm not, you know sure. I mean? like, absolutely. Hey, I mean, on the side of like, as a coach and a trainer, like I don't want to, I want to be able to, to walk it as well. That's like my number one. I want my players yeah. and the people I train to be able to evaluate me on the rawest level and be like, yo, he, he has a certain level of ability and things that he's put his time to, to get better at, you know, on yeah, the realist found, level. I've always found that very attractive too, or like almost necessary as like, uh, as a coach. So I want to ask you about like all the coaching stuff that you're doing now, but just like in general for, um, a coach of anything, personal training, martial arts, soccer, surfing, like all of this totally. stuff, like you always respect that guy a little bit more who walks the walk, who lives it or like stuff like that. Like there's a lot of like, armchair quarterbacks and like people that have yeah. read all the books but like don't have the application and stuff like that and so there's definitely guys that maybe haven't done it that are very smart and very know like know what they're doing but that's always yeah. something that i'm attracted to more is that guy i see I, I, I see you doing it in your life so props i see you I, doing it in your life i appreciate it appreciate but, it you know yeah like the the coach who's I telling the bracelet people, man i gotta represent like <laughs> <laughs> hey like the coach is telling people to run who can't run himself on the simplest exactly. example. Right. And it's like, it, what's interesting is you do observe, or I observe coaches who are like, yes, is there going to be a time when you're out of your physical prime to where you can't play at the yeah. level? Yes, for sure. And I want to observe the coaches that still command that respect from their players, even who are past that level, whether that's, they can show their body of work while they were there, or just they convey a level of, of mastery in how they speak or with soccer. A lot of times the touch is still there. It doesn't matter if you're. Yeah. yeah things, right. They right? still so got like, the sectors. They still have the technique. Right. Arson so like, banger, bro. like I always see him in the training right. pitch. Like you can still. Yeah, it's right. 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 Exactly. And in different sports too, like looking at, like, I like to look at college basketball, you know, what guys mm -hmm. who obviously they can't, they're not even at the ability or have never been even of a lot of the players that they're at, but yeah, I mean, like players, a coach K at Duke, but like the coach respect. K. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. is in my head who I didn't say there when I'm saying college basketball. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, that's really cool from a respect level um, mm. to, to be able to, I don't know, observe that, you know, as a coach for me too. I mean, another little bit of a tangent, but like as a coach for me, like observing guys like coach K and different guys like that who are able to have, it feels like at least their entire team bought in, right. A basketball yeah. team of 12 to 14 guys. And there's only five guys on the floor, but those guys are bought into what what's happening. And it's synergy, you know, like that's what I'm trying to create with my training groups or my teams that Mel High and I coach now, like how can I create that environment to where people are like, yo, they're real with each other. And they're like, let's put in work, you know? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And that's one thing that's, so the other side of like the G bed brand and stuff like that. And the things that you do are these like training sessions and stuff like that. So mostly yeah. like technical skill work with um, soccer players, primarily like younger age kids, like kind of like high school age. Is that the, is that the majority of it? No, I mean, age, age wise, I would say the youngest, the youngest rounds I have right now are probably like seven, eight. And then up to, Sometimes some college guys jumping in, but mainly like up to 18, like high school is the majority of the guys that I'm working with. Um, in yeah, so, soccer technique, mainly soccer technique, quickness, uh, you know, quickness of thought, reaction time, a lot of the yeah. things. 
a lot of things, you know, towards, towards that direction. Yeah. What, uh, yeah, so I, I definitely want to ask about some of the more like the technical stuff, like to that end, but you said the word environment, which definitely like is one thing that I feel like you create really well at your sessions from just the stuff that I've seen. And that's something that I've always been very kind of curious by. So for me, like with Ben Patrick as being like the knees over toes guy, being a big mentor of mine, one yes. of the biggest things that stuck with me. So I got the opportunity to go and visit him in Clearwater several times and train with him and stuff like that. And that's how we kind of developed that's that. That's awesome. Uh, I love mentor that. relationship. Yeah, it was <laughs> sick. But one of the things that I was impressed with, with the most was he had this like group of basketball players and stuff like that that would all train in the gym several times a week. They would do their thing, but then they would also go and like once a week they would play on the weekends. And it's okay. just like, just pick up basketball and stuff like that. But it was super competitive like everyone was trying to like train and get better they would play like five yeah. aside and do these 1v1 battles and stuff like that but they had this like environment of guys that were all like they were pushing the level exactly. were pushing. Yeah, exactly. yeah yeah and so that like that culture that environment both in the gym and then also like on the court or then on the field for you like that's something that i feel like it's it's one of those like intangibles that it's very hard to measure but it's also one of those oh, things yeah really essential to a like to a team to the success of an organization a team an individual so i'm just curious how you've gone about like cultivating that how long it's taken what that process mm -hmm. has been like and why because that's something that not every training group every team everyone has so i'm just curious how that's come about well thank you i mean i would say that that definitely is a goal to to to, to be able to to have that sort of environment like mm. And a lot of it for me on a training perspective is like I, I, I players are used to training in a fear environment. Like yeah. they're used to training. Like, let's say you're, you're even like your average comp soccer player who's playing on a comp team who let's say is a, has a decent coach, but they're only training when the coach who's evaluating them as like a starter or a sub or, you know, only in that environment right it like breeds reluctance to work on certain things that you don't think you're good at I mean the one I like to use and I'll say this to players too is like your left foot or your non-dominant foot right if you don't think you're good at it and you're my coach and you're picking me in the lineup or not maybe I'm going to try to move it to my right foot to my right foot because I don't want to look like I, I don't want to look bad right so yeah. just by having that conversation with a player a lot of times it'll be like oh yeah like yeah, yeah. Like I can, I, I understand. Right. So yeah. I'm like, look, screw that right now. I'm not giving you a grade or evaluating you on your left foot or anything. Let's do a thousand reps over the next month and let's watch how your left foot develops and then use the progress you make on it to as motivation for the future, like the infinite game. And I think this could be fitness. This could be soccer skills, whatever. Like, I hope that that when people, if they put more intention and work in the gym and with their nutrition and they see gains, dude, that, that use, use it. You know what I'm saying? The ball's rolling, like using that momentum to go, okay, let's get even better at my left foot, right? Like let's get even better at filling the blank of what your craft is, you know? And I think on a, on a, on a small scale level, it's just trying to get groups like in when I'm talking more like a, a training, you know, like guys that I'm not working with on a team basis, which is night, like most of my players and how I've worked for my life. The only team that I've actually coached on a team level is Melbourne high school. This first year, it just happened. Yeah. I'm um, stoked to see how that goes for you, dude. We lost in the playoffs two nights ago, unfortunately. But oh no way. It was, a, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. The, the senior class of guys this year was, was some really good guys, but yeah, mm -hmm. unfortunately we lost a little earlier than, than we wanted to. 
Um, but yeah, going, going back to where I was like on, on a training perspective, which is how I work with most teams, it's just going look like let's, let's create that non-fear environment yeah. and then let's focus on our effort, which we control, right? Like you control that end of the day, not your parents. doesn't matter. Even if you're a 10 year old, right? Like you can go, I can give effort today. And then it's like, just doing that over months, I think it, it, it puts like a, it, it almost like teaches players how to train, if that makes sense. Like the ability to train uh, and, and hopefully not worry about how much they're being evaluated. Yeah. You're like, you're instilling a growth mindset where like you're, growth teaching, mindset, exactly. you're teaching them to start searching out and looking for and developing weaknesses rather than like shying away and like avoiding them and stuff like that right 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 and then then the good interplay that happens with these players that i'm working with is they still have their team sessions so i'm like trying to have more psychological talks because at the end of the day if you want to be a next level athlete you got to be able to perform under pressure like in the game or with the coach evaluating you right like that's if you're serious about athletics that's imminent no matter what sport or what you're in right so going Yes, like I'm trying to create this environment in my training sessions, but at the same time, we need to work on the mentality and the psychology behind being able to apply it when I, when I am in like a, a, a position where I used to feel fear because that's when I'm really, really tested. So the players that then will like, I don't know, train with me on Monday and have their team session Tuesday, right? Then I'll kind of even try to have the dialogue of like, so did you like, were you scared to use your left foot last night? Like, be honest with me, right? Like, let's, let's talk about it. Cause I'm trying to make you a better player, right? Like I'm trying to make you going back a little bit. The first time I train with somebody, I, I, I try to like make this really clear of like, look, like my goal is to make you a better player and go into environments that you used to feel uncomfortable in and feel like you can like bring to the game and, and have some confidence there. And so it, it's like, just by playing it kind of out, um, like, at first like that, I feel like makes people take down like the, like, ah, I'm so concerned about impressing and more like, yo, in six months, I'm going to be able to use both of my feet, you know? And like on a personal level, I see it happen with kids and it motivates me more than ever in the infinite game. Cause I'm like, dude, like I could have done more reps earlier in my life on different stuff, you know, <laughs> always, always, I guess hindsight's 2020, but it's, uh, it just, I don't know, like the wheel can turn the wheel. It's, it's by seeing it happen with younger kids, it, it makes me want to go like, I got to get even better, you know, like that's, I got to get cool even better at stuff. That's cool that it comes full circle for you and then serves as like, you can learn from these kids learning and stuff like that, even though they're learning skills. Yeah. Master right. in terms of technical ability. So that's kind of cool. But it's, right. it oh, is yeah, really like, it's really interesting though. Like, I like the, the point that you make about that's like, the perform the performance versus growth or learning or adaptation kind of side of things in terms of training when you're looking at like all these kids there's the pressure to perform so coach picks me to play on Saturday so I can't work on things that I'm not as good at because then I'm going to look bad so then I might not play on Saturday like that's yes that's, yes. that's huge and especially I feel like nowadays with like just the state of youth sports where like everyone cares about like the under 10 championship of like Florida and stuff like that versus just like actually developing as a player. Like losing your audio a little bit, but yes, I I heard that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just like that, everyone cares yeah, yeah. about the everyone cares about the performance right now and stuff like that, and like winning right. the city championship right. when you're eight years old versus actually right. developing as a player. Like, even if you want to look at it from like a practical standpoint of let's say like you're 15 and you want to go pro, you want to play in college, you want to go pro or whatever that is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can lose every single game from. 12 13 14 15 16 like you could lose all these tournaments and stuff like that but if you develop as a player to then by the time you're 18 19 20 now you have a more complete skill set and you can go get picked for the college team or picked for the pro right. team or whatever it is like we're just so obsessed with like oh so i won this u10 tournament that means i'm gonna go pro in 10 years yes like i remember listening to like kobe bryant like, talk about i like that thought i like that thought but it's yeah, just like, true. yeah like if you can look it's just it's so hard because I mean, it's just hard for us to conceptualize long periods of time and that sort of thing. But if you could take the approach of, I don't care about my performance at all, to a certain extent, of course. Yes. yes. To like, in order to develop and grow and stuff like that. Like if I will, if I will prioritize future development over immediate performance as an athlete, if you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, if you can have that mindset, you'll do it's like it's going to serve you so much better because you're going to develop so much more beyond these these other kids who are like feeling right. that pressure of I have to perform right now like I remember I, and I feel like most kids because they 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 play for the same like club coach and they don't really have that much of an off season right they're in this constant sort of and, and yeah the long game there it's like I, I it's a little bit of a different, like a little bit of a, a little bit of a parallel here, but yeah, the same idea with like kids getting burnt out on soccer, right? Like yeah. we talk about reps, 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 but like, you know, a lot of my friends who were playing academy and stuff who were training every single day of the week, like they didn't have that, they didn't, they didn't keep that passion for soccer. That's so one great. thing. I, I feel more passionate about you, soccer. Right? I feel more passionate about soccer now than I ever have in my life, which I'm grateful mm, for. But like, that's cool. it, it, it was, it's just, yeah, it's different. I don't know. I don't, I, all I can really say is my own story with that, you know, of like, should they yeah. be playing different sports, whatever. I will say that by having other things other than soccer that I was doing, it's now like, it makes me think about soccer in, in different ways with more intention in ways. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm interested for you for that. Cause yeah, like I was, that's one of the things I was kind of curious about asking you about. So it seems like soccer in particular, lots of sports, but soccer in particular is one that kids who really get into it it's something that is like it's the only thing that they play and stuff like that they start when they're six eight ten twelve however many years old and stuff like that and once yeah. they start getting serious like that's the only thing like they don't really play any other sports like for me it was mostly like that I had a little bit of did a little bit of martial arts sprinkled in there but for the most part the only thing that I did was soccer so I'm okay. curious for you who had like so much of a like a skating surfing background and stuff like that as well like you had other things that were going on how yeah. do you think that played into how you've developed as a player, how you see the game, how you see trainings. I know you and I have had some Ooh. kind of out there talks about yeah, cross training between surfing and soccer and all yes, this. Yes, dude, those are good times. Together to actually per perform on the field. Yeah, um, I guess on, on a couple of those thoughts there, you know, when I was in high school, I did surf, but it was like, it was more soccer. I played basketball in yeah. middle school. I would have played basketball in high school if they weren't the same season. So oh. I kind of was at that point, actually ninth grade too. Um, I was going to play baseball. So I, I played oh, baseball wow. seriously. Like, uh, I was in like AAU, like comp baseball when I was in middle school. Yeah. Um, and was serious. 
I would say spending as much time at it as soccer when I was like, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Wow. Um, and then at Mel High, actually, yeah, my freshman year, um, I was having when I would I was having like lower back issues when I would hit if I really tried to hit with power. Mm. And I actually I think I had my jersey for JV ninth grade year. I was about to get it because um, I had played with Mel High's like summer league team the year before. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, at that point, I kind of was like, no, nah, I'm going to play soccer. And so I was more serious about soccer then, right? But I would say these later years of my life, like actually since college is when I can not relate because obviously we're talking about youth development, but when I can really give a perspective on having other activities that I've been doing more. Yeah. Um, and dude, surfing, for example, has listening to podcasts with surf coaches and has influenced, I think, my training style more than most of the soccer stuff that I listen to, which I still try to listen to and try to be yeah, open that, to. That's but like that, that surfing for me has, was, is the most challenging thing that I've ever tried and still tried to get better at in my life. Like it's, it's not like, I don't want to say it's harder than soccer because I'm not in the, in the, in the premier league, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, there's other elements um, yeah. and the thought that I had earlier that I didn't say is, is I real I've realized by surfing and skating and stuff that, and these conversations with kids that, and thinking about my younger life, that to be the best at that, that sport, fill in the blank, soccer, surfing, you have to be present. And if you're thinking about what other people are thinking about you, you're not going to be at your best state. Like if we just accept that as a fact, then it's like, I got to become more aware when I'm thinking about a play that already happened or a wave that I blew in front of yeah, fill in yeah. the blank person who lived down the street, girl on the beach, whatever. And I'm thinking about dropping into the next wave. Like I don't want to coop this one again. Right. Cause that's how we're trained to think. Like that's yeah. how our brain is. If we're in our brain, a lot of these guys I listen to, if we're in our brain, we're going to be there. We need to get out of the analytical brain and into the mind to perform at our best. So I try to put kids and show them what it's like to be able to not be in that fear state, that analytical state, by trying to create that environment and training and then going like, you know, almost look at what you just did, right? Like your body has the ability to do that. Now we got to train to be able to get into that flow state when we are in the pressure situation in the game, right? Because mm. it's very easy to talk about a lot of this, about idealistic mindsets. But like when you go into the game and you lose the ball, can you then realize, you know, like I need to become more present than when, I don't know, even not, it's interesting looking at pros who are getting stuff yelled at them and yelled at them and stuff, you know, and overanalyzed under 20 videos, every single mistake that they make and stuff. Yeah. And they have to train themselves to be able to get into that next present moment, into that next present moment. And so surfing for me and listening to these guys around the world talk about how they train surfers for reaction time, being present, understanding, knowing what you're thinking about when you're thinking about it in the moment and then having strategies to then move on to an intentional thought after that, that will put you at a better state. Does well, that kind of make sense there? Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're bringing, teaching these kids self-awareness fundamentally. Yes. Which yes. Is something get, yeah. That, yeah. Which is something that's really like, I mean, that's never something that I was taught like, or never a conversation that's come up in like with any the, coach the, I had ever. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's something that's, 
incredibly probably unique and insightful and something that it's not even just from a coaching perspective. Like if you think when you were 14, 15 years old, if anyone was telling you like, or even just getting you to start to notice your thoughts and what's going on and yes. just out like how interesting that can be to start getting these kids to build that confidence and self-awareness and recognize some of these different feedback loops and all, all these different things that are going on. Totally. So, like, Feed, so negative feedback loop from hell, like knowing that yeah, cascade yeah, yeah. and going, I'm not at my best when I'm going into that. And almost every kid can relate to like, Hey, can you remember a time where you lost the ball and then you kind of didn't want it the next play? Everyone's mm. like, totally. It's like, yeah. are you at your best then? Okay. Absolutely not. Right. Like you didn't want it. You almost didn't want to mess up. Right. And then I'm like, can you think of a time per this is from a lot of where I felt personally was I would go, go play in a pickup game that had nothing on the line and I'd play the best I ever had. Right. And then I'd go play in college. This was in Jacksonville at the time where I was in a very fear mindset from the head coach then for yeah. various reasons. Some of my own own reasons that were issues. Some of what I think his coaching style was, but I would go there and like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even close to the player that I just was at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, I kind of went, I'm at my best when I'm in that mode, but can I apply it? Like even when that guy is coaching, let's say, yeah. and I would say I didn't really succeed at that when I was like 19, 20, when he was my coach, mm -hmm. but, but having that awareness and having that time in my life where like, I thought I was a competent player coming out of high school. I thought I was, and, but I wasn't really once I got hit with someone who, who, you know, questioned his belief in me consistently and the team, I would say as a whole, but like, yeah. I went, Hmm, maybe. And some of that's, you know, my own ego that I'm having to understand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like this is, this is that, that battle there. Right. But like once, once having that experience and then trying to convey that there are times when players are unconfident who are at a higher level than kids, like, Hey, it's not it's like, it's this, right? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be like this, you know, yeah. and like you see it at the top level in any sport, right? Like wide receiver runs past a defensive back at Jamar Chase, insane, right? Runs past a defensive back. You can see that defensive back sometimes is like, oh no, he's coming again, right? Like, <laughs> and it's like, how do you deal with like when you mess up? That's like, play, like train for the moment you lose the ball is something that I try to be intentional with is like train for that moment. Like, can I be confident that next moment and on a little bit of a tangent here, but a lot of, a lot of the parents that, or if someone wants to train with me and they actually go through my website, you can fill in like things you want from, from training. And it's not a required thing. It's just like, just to initiate conversation originally, but interestingly um, it does get filled out a good bit. And almost every parent says, I want my son, son, daughter to be more confident. Ah, that's interesting. Right. So this is an interesting tangent, right? Cause like they could come to one session and I can't give them 10,000 reps on their left foot. Right. So if I told them to be confident in their left foot, that would be mm -hmm. yeah, just be confident in it. Believe it. Right. Well, okay. That doesn't work. Right. Yeah, but I do feel like a conversation about fear and stuff like that, even one, two, three sessions, can make a big difference in going, Ooh, okay. But it has to be combined with the technical repetition, whether it's surfing, whether it's soccer, whether it's touches, if you don't have that element of it, like you couldn't tell me to go be confident in a lacrosse field right now. I don't, I don't really know how to throw. So even if I was confident in soccer, my technique in lacrosse is so low 
that it would, I would be almost telling myself a lie trying to go have a bunch of hubris in a lacrosse game. That's so interesting. So, the combination. Yeah, go ahead. That's well, it's just really interesting that it's the combination of that perception as well as the repetitions. Cause it's like, yes. uh, like yes. you often, you often hear like confidence comes from preparation and okay, fair enough. If you go and take 10,000 jump shots, you're going to be confident in your, in your jump shot. But how do you start down that road when you've taken a hundred and the, like, they're still like garbage, like yes. 10,000 points. Yes. That's really, I mean, I think that's really smart on your end and very interesting that you can recognize that, okay, this kid needs to strike a ball a thousand times with his left foot, but I need to get him to believe in that after 10 or he's going to want to throw in the towel and stuff like that. So that's really, Ooh, really. Okay. I got a well, thought you know there. What I mean? like, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I got a thought there. And one thing that I try, I try to be, uh, intentional about with myself too, with surfing a lot of times, right? Like, um, but bring it back to soccer. Sorry. If I see a kid hit one out of 10 top bends with his left foot, he rips it only one out of 10. So it's not really technical efficiency, but I go, do you remember that one? Right? Like he's like, yes, like you're you, right? Like you did hit one. Can you, can you, can you think about it? And I, a whole other tangent is visualization with technique, which I do try to work on a lot. Having visual, visualization be very prominent in the conversation when we're working mm. on technique. But if they hit one, I'm like, you can do it. Your body, brain, in whether it's this environment or what, you can do it. I've seen you do it. So now it comes, can we get the refs to start to develop the belief so that you can get the ratio one out of 10 going higher, right? And like this type of approach from a mental standpoint is where not that the drill is not important because you, you, the drill is somewhat important, but how I feel about the players that I work with, the drills that I'm actually doing are actually less important, but it's more the development of, can we believe that we can do something, you know? And I think a lot of people would look at that, not a lot of people, but some people would look at that and go, Oh, you're, it's just like, you know, um, like, like la-di-da optimism, right? Like, oh, fairy tales and butterflies. And like, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not, if it's a bad rep, we're like, yo, that was, that was a bad rep, right? Like that wasn't good. Not going, it's okay. That's a, like, it's okay. But at the same time, if I'm coaching a player and they hit one out of 10 in the top bins, my messaging to them may be about the one that they did hit well and go, yeah, yeah, no, no, you can do this. Let's, let's maybe look at the other ones to see where we could improve. Right. But like thinking about that rep that you did hit well, especially over time with visualization, I think can have crazy changes when you're thinking about the ones that felt good even. And hundred percent. And that's actually that word that you use felt too, is exactly where I was going to come to. Cause like that idea of like, I'll try and get that with the athletes that I'm coaching, like physical stuff and that sort of thing. Like somebody's trying to learn a movement, a squat or whatever it is. And they have one that looks really good. Like I'll try and have them pay attention to like, okay, how did that feel? What was the sensation Ooh, of that? Like and this. can, can you recreate that feeling with the next rep that you're going to do? Or when you strike a ball, you hit 10 with your left foot and those ones, like those nine out of 10 that you shank or whatever, they probably don't feel very good when you strike it either. Like it just feels off. It feels awkward, but yeah. that one that you connect cleanly and that's the one that goes top bins. Like, okay, can you remember what that, the sensation yes, of striking yes, that ball yes. felt like how you planted your foot, like which part of your foot hit all these different things. Like, and just don't even worry about what it looks like, where you're aiming and stuff like that. Can you just create, recreate that sensation, that feeling yes. of clean contact and stuff like that? 
I like that, like that kind of kinesthetic piece can sometimes when you're talking about getting people out of that analytical brain, when you yes. can get them into like the body and the physical and the feeling, then they're not up here analyzing anymore. They're just trying to feel. And I think yeah. that's part of the reason why surfing too is probably so effective for that. Cause it's all right. like, it's all feeling. And so right. You have one good turn and then I blow th the next three. Right. But I'm like, can I feel where that was? With surfing, it's interesting because you get video. Once you finally get video of your own surfing, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's a good thing I don't have videos of mine. Right <laughs> I ride, ride or bad. The one or two I've seen of you where you catch me in the background of yours, I'm like, ooh, okay. Scarecrow <laughs> with his arms out here, just trying not to fall over. Oh, it's funny, bro. <laughs> Watching video of yourself in any sport is, you have to. If you're really serious about getting better at your technique, like, you have to. But it's, it, yeah, no, getting back to the feeling thing, I, I think it's Matt Griggs, this surf coach, and not just a surf coach he trains different types of people but he talks about the idea of do you use the term feeling in coaching because a lot of coaches would say using the term feeling is like a bad idea because yeah. not a lot of coaches but like that's an alternate kind of uh psychological approach right because you could train bad technique some people would say right with the soccer ball so even if it feels good to the eight-year-old right? If you're getting reps on bad technique, are you taking yourself backwards? I kind of tend to disagree with that. I think by diving into the reps and being conscious of feeling also with some direction, hopefully from like a, somebody who's better than you at technique, no matter what the sport, some sort of coaching or analyzing of your technique to make sure there's not any, like, let's say really big red flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, just, I almost go to the kids with your, like the left foot. I like to use the left foot because I talk about this so much and I think it makes players such better players just by focusing on trying to get more ambidextrous with their feet and in their brain. And it's like, think about the feeling of that strike. Anyone who can, who, I, I feel like people who can strike a soccer ball well, they have technique to a certain level. They could relate to what we're talking about. Think about yeah. the sweetest feeling volley on your right foot. Could you visualize it? Oh, yeah, 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 I could, I could. Then I'll go, can you visualize it with your left? And a lot of times the answer is no. Oh, that's interesting. Right? right? And I'm like, okay, that's where we need to get, like, the full symmetry. I want you to be able to feel it with your right as much as you feel it with your left. And, mm -hmm. and personally, I legitimately, like, I can say this honestly – I feel ambidextrous in my brain with te most techniques with the ball now. I did not have that in college at all. That's at why all. that's like a I, superpower. I, that's wild. Like I started to develop it, but it happened more over the last, like since I've been done with college the last five years, because I went, okay, well, one, I'm going to be trained at the field all the time. So I'm going to use my left foot for like all of my touches. For, I'm talking like for years. I was like, I know I'm going to be on the field this many nights this mm -hmm. month. Like, even if the simplest thing I do is just try to play every single pass on my left foot and everything, the single thing on my left foot, maybe I could get closer to this. And if I experience that personally, I could hopefully convey some of the messaging about how to help a kid get better with his right and his left, have a better perspective that brings real value to him. Not me acting like I knew what it was like to get better with your left or right foot. If I could feel it, then hopefully I could convey a message to them about how they could feel it. Yeah, when you've gone through that struggle personally. Yes, and, and, and right, right, right. And again, kind of whatever craft, it doesn't matter. You know, like somebody making surfboards could help somebody making surfboards in the same sort of way if they've actually done it themselves. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that trying to push both of these levels with my own technique and, and trying to be, have symmetry in my body as well as observing the asymmetry of kids that I'm training, 
also gives me visualizations in a different way because I'm seeing good and bad and asymmetric and symmetric technique on, on consistently with different kids over and over and over, you know, and like some kids, they may not even have their game equating, let's say in matches yet where they're balling out, but like where I can see their technique developing symmetrically and they can strike balls with both feet and stuff. I'm like, okay, that is a, that's a cool, not that the tactical and that piece isn't important to be, a next level soccer player because it is a hundred percent but looking at technique as almost this area that i want to develop that's in my own feeling and in my own brain that i don't care who's there watching i can juggle a thousand times because i can feel it you know what i'm saying and and that's something that came so much from surf coaching and also mm-hmm. trying to surf myself and the feeling of different things because surfing is so much feeling what's under your feet and feeling what's happening in the moment and feeling how far you should put your board under in the duck dive. It's not necessarily a predetermined thing. It's like training the technique to be able to trust yourself in the moment to be present and then, and then be able to feel. And it's, it's this, it's this constant juxtaposition. I know that's the perfect word there of like, I am having predetermined techniques in surfing, especially like this is what a good turn and this, what this should feel like, but I'm trying to apply them in an ambiguous changing moment that has to do with right now, this present moment, that's not going to be the same as the next minute. My play in the 82nd minute isn't going to be exactly the same as my play in the 83rd minute, you know, or the 84th minute. So I got to be present in all of those, but, but after the game's over, go, I can watch film and be analytical retrospectively to then try to have a, maybe a more intentional approach in the game. Let's say even as simple as like, I need to try to get onto the left wing more to attack from a center mid. And I like running at people from the left, but in the moment I got to be present and then have these thoughts that are popping up of like, okay, yeah, maybe I can get a little directional here and intentional. But then when I got the ball there, I'm in that present moment again. So, right. It's that like pattern versus flow state. Like how can there be that interplay to, I don't know, create the best player. I'm experimenting with it now. I don't know. One's better than the other. Right. Like some coaches probably say that, like, there's that really like that, that tactical side, that's actually more important, you know? And I'm like, yes. Could you give even like a really flow dribbler, some tactics that could help him? I think yes. But if we watch the top players in the world, they're adjusting in the moment. Messi's the prime example. He's looking right at you in front of him and he's adjusting to what's in front of him right there. Well, I think there's so much that's interesting with that. Like starting with that idea of that symmetry in terms of like, Sorry, but that's, you're good. <laughs> but like, but like the, the idea of symmetry in terms of technical skill, like for the sport of soccer, like just that yeah. by itself, I think is something that's very undervalued and just not taught. Like how many 15, 16 year old kids like can strike a ball with their left foot or like their weak foot equally as well as their right foot. Like, next to none so like obviously it's yeah. not something prioritized and like even in college think about college sorry to, in college i never had saw the first kid i ever saw with this technique was lewis hilton he plays with the tampa bay rowdies now full props lou baller he's a g-bet athlete love the kid but he at ocala stampede i saw him hit a perfect right foot ping just like a cross field switch with his right and his left casually he can do it nine out of 10 times, both feet. He was the first person I ever saw with that technique, that fluid. And I was like, 
Oh, okay. He's a human. He's a human. I'm a human. I got to get there. I feel (laughs) there now. I do feel there now. Yeah. Well, it's interesting just because like having the ability to do that on both sides, it will literally change your perception of the game. Like how you see, like, let's say somebody's pressing you from this way. If I can go this way or this way, like it will change in my brain how I perceive that because I can do X or Y versus if I can only do this, like, well, like the, the game will literally change to you, like in terms of how you see spaces and stuff like that. But then even in terms of like, it is, it's definitely a balance between developing the mechanical technical skill of striking a ball with both feet per se. And then also getting a clean, like getting a clean shot off, like shooting on goal, creating the space all like, obviously that's a much more fluid dynamic kind of environment and stuff like that so you have to get to a point where you are done the mechanical technical skill so many times that it's becoming like when you said you feel automatic or you feel like symmetric both feet that it's something that becomes unconscious and so i feel like with youth soccer and stuff like that partly coming back to the idea of everything's just about win now win now win now versus like development and stuff like that we definitely here in the states do not take the time to get the sufficient reps in or just like our training is not geared in a way to get that mechanical technical development of those skill sets and stuff like just to have the the baseline skill of like if you can't strike a ball trap a ball dribble if you can't do like these basic skills to a certain level of competency or expertise it doesn't matter what kind of tactics you have like they're completely so like teaching tactics and like like formations to like a u10 team is irrelevant because they're going to increase even if you just want to win the championship you're going to increase their performance exponentially by giving them the basic mechanical skills to have like do stuff with a soccer ball right but then but then the flip side of this and where i think your training is interesting and what you've been talking about so much with self-awareness and perception and decision making and stuff like that is the other end of the coin is so much of this like quote unquote skill work that you see with soccer or basketball or whatever. It's all of this pre-packaged dribble through these cones, turn, receive this ball, then you're going to play it out here. Like it's all Ooh. this pre-scripted, just that's go through the motions. How I trained back. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. And so like, there's yeah. a value to that to develop the skill of like, when you're trying to develop the left foot, let's we're all we're going to do is we're going to take a touch out. And we're going to strike the ball. And it's going to be this repetition, repetition, repetition until you Ooh, get I, okay. the skill. But then, yeah. yeah. But then at a certain point, once you have that, like that mechanical skill down going through all these cone drills and stuff like that, like has no carryover because there's none of that perception Ambiguity. of yes. yes exactly there's like so ito portal are you familiar with him yeah, the sure. like, movement guy so movement he has the yes he has the expression you want to isolate integrate and then improvise and so we like isolate we develop the actual mechanical skill i haven't heard that but i love it i love we, it yeah so we integrate that in terms of can you use that just can that be a toolbox amongst other skills but then it's so rare that you see coaches or trainers or whoever that have that ability to then turn that into improvise and then that's where the game yes. like that's where it actually become like translates onto the field and so right. that's i think something that's interesting with what you're doing is how you're creating perception and thought and just noticing and around the thoughts that are going through their head at different points in the game and i think that's something that separates the stuff that you do from more of just the cone drills and ladder drills that you see a lot of kids doing on social media and stuff like that. Thank you, bro. That means a lot to me. I appreciate it. I, 
I feel like, you know, a couple, couple different thoughts there. Um, you know, on the, on the side of like improvisation versus, versus, uh, like, like rigored structure, let's say as the kind of the, the opposite of that, of very, very X and O driven, right. The best players are obviously a mix of both, right? Like I know guys who can ball out and pick up games and school people on the dribble. Good at, good at actually the skill that I'm talking about. Like they have the technique, their improvisation, they can ball out there, but they don't, they aren't able to apply it in an 11 aside match. Right. So it, it's, it's this combo. And I, <clears throat> I think some of that is actually on a personal level. It's like, when am I at my best? Trying to, I try to ask myself that, you know, when am I at my best? Am I, when I'm in the full improv or if I have a little bit of intention or, and, and trying to think of those thought processes changing a little That's bit. That's interesting. Lighting scale there. Like how yeah. much are one together? Yeah. Maybe some guys are better with a little more of the tactical prowess. Yeah. And sometimes a guy like Ronaldinho, right. Ronaldinho tac tactically was saucy enough on the ball and good enough where like maybe the most the tactic he needed was just to like make sure he could get it to his feet ahead of the right back and then he just runs at the right back improv and score like scores right like a, like a, a milner versus a ronaldinho one that's yes, very like, yes. fundamental and like tactical and for and i'm gonna do xyz and i'm gonna do it every time and you know versus like yeah. but there's, a, there's an effectiveness to it versus yeah like just pure fluidity and like kind of creativity right. and when i personally when i transitioned from being more like a center mid to a goal scorer my last year at college which is way more where my head is now and in, in a lot of my in a lot of soccer um i had a couple experiences like that where like i before my last year i like I'll, like the main thing that i added to my game before my last year at tech which is when i actually started scoring goals i started jump roping and boxing and I got better at shooting with my left foot with the laces, not that fluid of technique at all with my left foot. Like it is like it feels now, but I could strike a ball hard on the mm -hmm. dribble. I could beat somebody to the left and I could strike the ball hard. So in that last year I had a game. I remember the, the, these moments seem like they're yesterday, which is crazy because it was just a small period of my life. It was against Nova Southeastern. I literally Evan Enders, bro. Your homie, right? <laughs> Our yeah. homie. He's yeah. playing yeah. left mid. I was playing number 10. I remember going, yo, Ev, like, I just remember thinking, like, okay, I think the right back, I could run at him. I think I can make something happen. Just, and I kind of went, Ev, tuck in, tuck in. I, I came out left, and I kind of, like, just tried to demand it to my feet. Like, yo, switch it, switch it, switch it, right? Got it to my feet. I ran straight at the right back. And I just, like, in that moment, let's almost say, if we're thinking about that sliding scale, I kind of turned off the tactical side, and I was just improv freestyling, right? Beat the right back, beat the center back, laid Addy off, we scored in an open net. And I was like, whoa, okay, that was such an interesting – I had never had that intentional of a thought in a game where, it, like, it led straight to a goal, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I came back, and that, I don't remember what the score was at that time. I think that was the first goal. It might have been one no. I, I think about it again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do it again, right? I got the ball on the left back, went through, and scored. And we were up, like, 2-0. And I'm like, this is happening in the game. So it was weird because there was a little bit of a – there was an interesting dialogue between like my consciousness in that game. I remember. Cause I was like, Whoa, yeah. okay. Like maybe, you know, maybe I should try to start to air more on no thinking more tactically. Right. Maybe I have some of the improv, but like, how can I apply that improv in the same game? I got the ball in front of the right back, turned and ran at the right back and we scored and I scored again. So in this game, I remember going, okay, well I hadn't, I hadn't even had a multiple goal game in college. I don't think up until that point, like that probably was the first one. And going, okay, I had this experience. It was an interesting, like, tactical experience there. 
but also the, the momentum that that gave me to trust myself to then like trust myself in the moment in the improv to like run at people, that kind of thing. And, and to tie it back to you, that's what I'm trying to give players is like, how can I give them that? But what's challenge is how do you give that to a player who hasn't had a game at all like that, where he scored goals, right? He's never had that moment where there was pressure that he can draw back on to give himself confidence. And so then I'm going, okay, how can I give them, get better at technique and their mentality to hopefully have that moment in a game when it matters to then draw on that moment to use in the future for preparing when you do make a mistake. Well, that's interesting. Cause it's for like, it's this very interesting dilemma almost. Cause it's like, for you, it's something that you were a kind of consciously looking for, like how to figure out that kind of self dialogue and self talk, and then had that moment happen for you kind of organically. And then that kind of combination is then like kind of where you've gotten to with this, Ooh. the development of that self-awareness and yeah, so then it wasn't you, from a coach it yeah, wasn't from a that's coach. what i mean so it's happened for you very like organically so then how do you translate that to a kid who's trying to find it for himself and stuff like that and maybe maybe struggles with confidence and stuff like that too like how yeah. do you shape how do you shape that moment to be able to have that have that for him that's interesting that's, back to the back to the word you said confidence right like how it has to be this combination i remember kobe bryant saying he shot ten thousand free throws every offseason i think I yeah think it was kobe yeah, bryant. yeah yeah and he was like, when I missed one, I could think of the 10,000, right? So, mm-hmm. so how do you, it's, it's obviously, like you said, it's a combination of technique and belief, right? But it has to be both. It, it can't, it can't just be belief, right? Like we can't go into the cross field right now and, and believe that we're going to have fluid technique. No way. Yeah. I haven't worked on it, but yeah. if we went and actually grinded even just a little bit, we might be able to go, okay, I trust how it feels. I can make a little pass, right? I could play at whatever level. And yeah. then just pushing that envelope, pushing that envelope with your technique, especially like on a personal level with the ball. Like I want to be, I want to be an inspiration to soccer players to go, I can get better with the ball. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like yeah. I can get better with the ball. My touch can get more fluid. I can get that, that visualization of that perfect strike with my right. Can I get it with my left? You know? Yeah. And another thought that I wanted to, to, to touch back on based on something that you said a minute ago um, in the side of training technique with like patterns and cones versus like, I'm going to call, I call them flow state drills. So drills that you need to be fluid with both feet, but you're not predetermining what direction you're going. So I try to have this intentional mix, like, all right, this part of the session, we're going to do cone dribbling. You know exactly what's coming. I want you to get very, very fluid touch with your right, touch with your left, touch with your right, touch with your left and get very, very fluid at that. You know, what's coming. There's no ambiguity you can feel when the technique feels different right and left foot. And we're going to get a lot of reps in that. Okay. Then we're going to transition to a period of the session where it's almost like I said, more surf influence, right? Like surf influence of like, I got to be present now. Okay. Now we're going to hit a ball at you that could be right or left. I don't want you to know what foot it's going to come to. Okay. Well, what can you do to prepare yourself? I can be light on my feet. I can be quick. Right. So I can think about being light and quick on my feet. And now I'm just trying to adapt, 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 and do 20 reps like that where they don't know where it's coming. So it's, it's still, I guess it's not a, it's not a live free flowing game, but there's an element of unknown to a technique drill. So then going, okay, even just how can I add more elements of unknown to that technique drill, whatever it is, whether it's using the, like the reaction lights, you know, like the, the yeah. different reaction lights on the ground, like how can you implement those, and, and by implement, by seeing that those drills are fun because you have to be present. Like even myself, like I, I love those kind of drills now. 
So I see with kids, right? Especially kids who are used to like run to the cone. He's going to play it in. You're going to cross. Is there some value in that? Yes, there can be. But like, all right, there's going to be this reaction thing. You have to do this and you have to react to this. Kids are like, yo, I'll give effort towards that. Right? It's, it's, it, there's an element of fun because I think it's presence, right? Like flow state there that it almost requires you to be in that flow state to be proficient at it. And then once you've experienced it, can you think back about times where you weren't in the flow state and thinking about what your mom or your dad was thinking about you or your coach or this girl in the stands and go, okay, well, I know for one thing, I wasn't as good when I was focusing on that. Now, maybe, maybe some players can feed off that in ways that could be positive. I'm not saying that that's ruled out. But I personally realized I am not as good when I'm in that analytical state at all. Yeah. When I like yeah. that pickup game, I wasn't thinking about that. So how can I get that pickup game mentality when it's a title game? You know, like when the coach is evaluating me, that's like the, the ultimate challenge, right? Like yeah. I'm not going to act like I have that figured out. One of the most recent teams I've played for in South Florida, I finished the season. I didn't play badly, but I wasn't happy with how I played. And when I think back about it, I'm like, I was too worried about what the coach was thinking about me compared to my last season in college, you know, now is that have some to do with the coach in the environment? Yes. But this guy in South Florida was a guy who supported me and liked me. Right. So this was a position like this for me, right. If I look at those two mindsets, I'm like, I was way better as, as an attacker, especially when I was in that other mindset and just being mm. honest with that to a player go look like, I'm telling you right now, I was 24 then, and I just played this season when I was 27. And I don't know, in the moment, I didn't realize it as much actually, right? Like I was in the analytical stage more, even when I had these thoughts of trying to be better at it. And once I finished the season, I was like, man, I wasn't as good. I wasn't as good in that environment for whatever reason. So being honest about that to a player, right? Not being afraid to say that to a player because I want to act like I got it all figured out and I'm the coach fuck that. I want to be, I want to be, Hey, look like, yes, I messed that play up. Right. Like you with you tens, I'll lose the ball. Right. When I didn't try to lose it and they'll be like, <laughs> Oh, and I'll be like, yeah, I lost it. But guess what? I'm going to come at you the next play. I'm going to try to ball on you the next play. Not, I mean, you tens a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it does happen. Okay, right? I'll, I'll lose it. And they'll kind of be like, Oh my God, Trey lost it. And I'm like, look, I'm, I want you to see that but I also want you to see the nine next times when my technique is good. And I put it in the back of the net going, those should be as inspiring as the one, as the one miss overall, because I'm a human, you're a human, never, we're not going to hit 10 out of 10, but you can get better to nine out of 10. Right. Like, and you can try to have 10 out of 10 as the goal with that sort of thing, you know? And again, that's a little idealistic, but I think by like having that interplay with the players, and being able to demonstrate the actual technique myself at high ratios, it's like, yo, how much work could we change with these young kids if they start thinking about this stuff at age 10? I don't know. I well, don't know. And even, the, and even the willingness, like you're saying with that, like the willingness to mess up in front of your players, like when you're talking about the, like the fear environment that yes. often can be created so easily in different coaching environments or different team environments when there's selection pressure and all these different things that the, 
you can talk about that all day long, but there's no better way to like show that than to embody it. Like you're talking about, like, look, like I'm telling you it's okay to mess up, but like, and if you're out there and like, Oh, I've got to do everything perfect all the time. You know what I mean? So the fact that you're willing to go and put yourself out there a little bit and be like, Oh yeah, that was, that was shit. Like you're like, I like seeing John Mayer miss a note in a live performance because it shows (laughs) that he hit 999 other notes to the, to a T. Yeah, he's not a robot. Do that, right? And like social media and Instagram and all this is like taking us from that some, right? Yeah, yeah. Kids. That's a whole nother interesting conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other tangent. But like that, that's perfect. Yeah, right. And it's like, yes, do I want to show you technical like fluency? Totally. But I also want to show you the wave I got worked on because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that versus like, you know, I, especially as you're growing as a young athlete and as a human, this could be bigger than sports, but especially you're like, oh, I'm a surfer. I'm a soccer player. I want to be good. I want to look good. Right. But it's like, no, 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 no. Part of it is just being able to go, look, I can control my effort. Right. I can control personally. I can control my my humility and how I treat other people that not acting like I'm big and better than you. Because I have more technical fluency, because screw that, I put more time in on certain things, right? You may have put more time in on certain things as well. It's not about that. It's about how I'm handling myself right now with whether a lot of it is just effort. I didn't mean to miss it. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to fall on that wave, right? But like, I can show you that I'm trying to be intentional with my effort on the next wave and, and, and try to demonstrate that, that sort of, that sort of mentality. And dude, this is, like I, I saying it now and hearing it is like, I want to be so transparent in a sense of like, this is never a, like, I'm a hundred percent like this. This is like, I need to try to think about these conversations in my head to try to know how I can perform at my best so that I can bring it in the title game. You know what I mean? Or when yeah. I'm being analyzed, like that's the, that's the ultimate element of high performance. Exactly. Like if, you just can ball when you're at my session where it's in, in a nice environment. That's, that's not it. So we're going to talk about preparing when you go to the environment where it's not nice. Mm. I, lo- right, I yeah. love that, dude. And I think that's All why right. I like, no, that's for me why I think I've been getting lately. I've been getting more into, um, I've actually been playing soccer a little bit less. And I've been getting more into surfing and jujitsu and boxing and stuff like that. Cause like, there's so much more of that's like, I have so much more to develop and learn and kind of grow with all of those. Um, and so that's been, it's been fun to, to explore. I love it. I love it. Another element that changed my thought process a lot with technique was playing guitar. Oh, for sure. That's a whole other thing for you. It was really hard. And like, you can visualize it, it, it. You really play with visualization and that sort of stuff a lot. And I don't know how to put words on it necessarily, but like, I feel like pushing, technique with guitar is it it also is synergistic with like with the ball you know what I mean like with with other little specific techniques and patterns that used to feel more elaborate but you can because yeah guitar gives you that I mean gives you the whole program like you try to learn specific solos but also can I get to where I don't know what I'm going to play but be in the pocket right and have stuff like fitting in and and being in in the key you know so yeah that's a whole nother conversation around like getting into like I would recommend any athlete instruments and language. And, yeah. yeah, for me, I've like, I've dabbled with the, like the piano a little bit and stuff okay. like that. And, uh, um, and it's something I definitely want is I want to get to the point where I can spend more time with it and get to that. Cause yeah, can you being, send me a sick piano clip. I'm trying to, I can, think, yeah, like, yeah, I've, I've got, I've got a couple of songs yo. that I can play pretty smoothly and stuff like that, but we're still a long way from being able to just riff off the, off the keyboard. I, 
I like it. Hey, I will say, like, I didn't start playing guitar until I was 21. I say this not to brag. I say this for little kids oh, to go, no, like, you can start at a younger age is, like, you're just ha- going to have to put the reps in. You're not going to get better at guitar if you don't put the reps in. Oh, that but makes like, me feel much better, actually. Yeah. No, I you're, feel you're like I can learn the piano. Right. And, and with guitar, one of the things that's been great, I've been, since I started learning, I've been around people like my boy Dallas James, who can shred way oh, harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And surfing, too. It's, guys like Chauncey right now, blowing up. Right? <laughs> guys like Tommy Coleman, blowing up. And it's like, I, I, I want to use them as like, man, that's inspiration to me because I'm not even close to the technique and fluidity and, and, and fearlessness of, of some of those guys. So trying yeah. to have those people around you can be, it, it's pushed me in, 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 uh, in guitar in surfing. And I, I want it more with soccer. Like I, I, tr- I wish I could be around even more people who could ball on me. And I don't mean, I, I don't mean that in a, in a uh, way that it's just something that is a challenge more in my environment here at soccer because of how much time I've put into getting better at soccer. Oh, I mean, for me, like coming up, like, just like, as we're kind of wrapping this up, but just, yeah, like to that point, like when I was, when I was coming up playing in Gainesville, like the best things that ever happened to me, like the reasons I went to the places that I did like soccer wise was because I was trying with, uh, with Sip. So some of the mutual acquaintance that we both know, but so, so yeah, love, love that man. He's the one that taught me to play the game. Um, but so, train training with my team a couple times a week but then i would train he trained the year above um and we had like a sick like the team of the year above us was was awesome and so like he let me i would i would get to jump in with them i would guest play with them i would um he was coaching the uf club team at the time like we'd play pickup on the weekends and stuff like that so i was just constantly putting myself in environments where like all these guys are better than me and And it's like it's yeah it's absolutely like it made me a better player and it's also like it's so liberating too it's like nobody expects me to do shit so like i can go and like if i do something then it's like you know what i mean so i, I loved that that definitely was influential. that's really cool you know, as you like, say that i had a similar experience when i was here in high school i would play in pickup games at like hoover uh local field with these group of jamaican guys that were all like in their 20s 30s 40s who were crazy like mm. crazy in a sense of they love their football, but they would put in tackles, compete, oh, arguing yeah. over the yeah. score, the yeah. pickup game heavily, right? And like, I would just—they call me schoolboy. They call, <laughs> they would call me schoolboy, and I would jump in and play with them. But they were bigger than me, they were faster than me, they were stronger than me. They—I—I I, I was kind of a random to them, especially at first, right? Once I got once I got a little better, right? They tried, yeah, they could see that I could yeah. play a little bit, but still, that didn't stop them from like some of the big Jamaican guys trying to push me off the ball and stuff. I never felt like there was like, I'm going to two foot slide you and hurt you. Yeah, although, yeah, I, yeah. although I did see that among friends, like oh, a sure. couple interactions. I've never seen a harder challenge Uh-oh. guys, whole shin bleeding. And, he, and he's like, no foul. Like, oh my, it was but that <laughs> environment. Like you said, invaluable, bro. You yeah. Go back and play with your high school team. You're like, wait, like, yeah, I got ballers on my high school team, but it's nothing like some of these Jamaican guys. We got yeah, yeah. 30 pounds and like, you know, huge biceps, you know, <laughs> a little skinny, yeah. kid, you know, like for sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. I don't so know. La- last couple of, uh, last two questions. I always kind of finish stuff off with um, yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. What is the, uh, what's a book that you've read in the last year or two that's been very kind of influential on your, I think I might even know where you're going with this one. Um, hmm. Okay. So two that come to mind, I will say I do a lot more podcasts than books right now. Um, okay i'm trying to think of the title of this book it's a very 
this is very, this is very soccer related what this answer yeah. but it's called soccer iq i think okay. it was written by this guy who uh i believe was the the uga georgia women's coach um and i've never heard a perspective like this like he takes situations and tries to give you the most simple practical answer um which is, you know, I would say actually really contrary to a lot of like the flow imp- improvisation we've been talking about, but like he's, yeah. this book has been, it's like little excerpts where he talks about a situation in a game and like how he thinks that you should handle this situation in a game and just different little technique tricks and stuff like that. Um, there's two versions of it. So I think it's called soccer IQ and soccer IQ two or V two. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I got it given to me, I think. And I, I can't remember who gave, no, I think it was Jake Griggs. He gave it to me. I think it was Jake Griggs. Shout out Jake. Um, and it looks like a little, like, I would say like the cover and stuff, like it seems a little like corny, but I really started listening to these. There's an audiobook too and, and reading it. And it was like, Whoa, okay. These are takeaways. So that's what I would say for a soccer player. Check that book out. <laughs> okay. I love that. I thought for sure you were going to go um, anti-factory farm. Oh, my God. I I have to say it. I have to say it. Anti-factory farm. Understand what you're buying at the grocery store more so that we can be stronger and fitter. Yeah, Yeah. because you actually introduced me to that one. That one was massive. It's just like it's a a short little read, but it's something that it just lets you understand the differences between like all the different labels on food and what they mean. Like, what does it actually mean if something's organic? What does pasture raised mean? Like, and so that stuff. And it's something that especially when you don't like when you just see all these labels, you're like, yeah, organic, okay, whatever. Like it doesn't really mean anything to you. But then when you read something like yeah. this and you realize what it means when stuff's not like grass fed or organic or like what like all the generic stuff is and everything that's in it, it's like, ooh, wow. Like it's really, it's and really I'll give, Blake, I'll give Blake Wilson full props there. But yes, totally. And it's what's un- what's unfortunate is when you really get real with the food, you realize that like we there is so much deception with all the labeling that is perfectly legal. And even the ingredients in the food, food companies can put what they want until it's yeah. proved that it might be harmful to humans, which could take years and years and years and years. So like I really was as I was younger, it was like, oh, if it's at the grocery store, like it's 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 OK for me. Right. We have the FDA. Right. We're, yeah. It's regulated. That's great. Anything I buy that, that is like so, so far from the truth. It's insane. And like, yes, the, we could talk about nutrition on a whole nother tangent, but like just understanding the difference between the, the actual like chemical makeup of grass fed beef versus grain fed beef. Right. When you really dive into that, you're like, whoa, okay. The quality of the meat that I'm eating is yeah, as important as anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just the, like, all these, like you're talking about all the, like the misleading labels, like the all natural or sugar free or all these different things that literally, yeah, it means, it means absolutely nothing. Oh my gosh. It's, 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 it's definitely it's so criminal what, what companies are doing. And it's like, I, I mean, at the end of the day, all you can, you can try to be more and more aware. It's one thing that once you, you don't, you can't unsee it. Yeah. You can't unsee it. Yes. And it's, and I, I understand, I can relate to the idea of not wanting to see it, right. Of going, no, 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 no. Like eh, it's, I like these chicken tenders, you know what I'm saying? Or I like <laughs> yeah. this. But it's like, no, no, no. Like if we're, especially if we're serious about getting fitter and being a better athlete, then we have to like start to look at the components of our food. I, it's Sean Stevenson that said that really started to talk about how like food is the information and food is what's building your body. That is the little puzzle pieces that is literally building your entire body. So when we think of it like that, it's like, no, that's as important as anything. What is actually 
in the food. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I love it. You're, li- um, hey, you're yeah. living it too, bro. You're looking shredded. I like it. Try. Oh yeah, yeah. Try it. Try it. <laughs> um, all the like all the carnivore over here. Yes, bro. About it. Steak and eggs. Yes, sir. But then, uh, last thing I'm going to ask you: What's something that you understand or believe in, whether it's recent or whether it's something that you kind of picked up a long time ago that you wish other people either knew or understood or believed in? Oh, cool question. Something that I feel like I know now that I would tell like my younger self or like tell, okay. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, to kind of what we were talking about, to understand that you are always going to be with the voice in your head. So to have a dialogue with that voice and understand that just because a fear thought comes into your head, it doesn't mean that needs to be what's prominent in your head for the next X amount of time. Right. So, so, so having a conversation with that voice in your head and understanding that voice in your head to be able to perform better, deal with anxiety better, whatever, you know, like just, just to be able to uh, understand that, that just because someone's older or someone's in the pros or doesn't mean that they have that figured out to a T, right? Somebody telling you they got it figured out to a T, I want to listen to them because maybe they're a beast, but if they're saying it with absolutes and alwayses and nevers and stuff like that, that's really a sign to me that they might be blowing smoke up somebody, you know? Yeah, for sure. For so sure. I guess probably that, that's kind of a long thought, but no, I love that's great. I love that. And even just the idea of just like this, like you were talking about before, the self-awareness that you're starting to teach to these kids and just the act of noticing some of the thoughts that can run through your head can help you like detach from them and realize it's not necessarily like you, that there's these, these are things that come up and then there's kind of you that can overarching, that can kind of supersede all of that as well. Um, yeah. Some of the mental that's where things. real art comes from, whether it's with the mm. football, whether it's in the, in the water, real like crafted art to me you know i have more appreciation for art in my life than ever before no matter whatever that art is <laughs> i love that. i love that like all right beautiful dude and last thing uh where can people yeah. find you um yeah on instagram trey z t-r-e-y-z-e beautiful. yep beautiful all right awesome dude thank you so much for coming on right, it's been an awesome conversation love you brother dude love you too bro take, take it easy <clears throat>